Welcome back to another week of instigating with Clarky and Drury. Ryan Drury here, joined by Chris Clark. As always, we are brought to you, as always, by our great friends at Cool Bet Canada, the list of squash courts. We're going to hear from them later. Our buddy Al's going to be on to chat about a great event happening this weekend. And, of course, our new friends at, at Hudson's here in Listowel. Hudson's has it. Hudson's Chevrolet Buick. GMC Larry Hudson's for all your car needs. You can see Clarky there, or you can just go there, walk in. You need a new vehicle. Hudson's has it. We'll hear from them later as well. We are very pleased to be joined by our great friend, the one, the only, the magnificent Ian Doig. Doigie, how are you, my friend? I'm good, guys. Uh, thanks for having me back. It's been a while. It, it has, has been, been a while. while it really, sure. really has. And uh, obviously, we're we're all kind of getting ready for golf season to resume. Everybody looking forward to the Masters and all the majors. But of course, lots of news surrounding the new entity that is Live Golf. And some pretty big news this week. They've got a US TV deal now. I believe it's with CW Network. So now they have a dedicated partner to broadcast their tournaments in North America. What does this mean for the overall landscape of live golf and really the sport as a whole in your mind, Doigie? Because a lot of people thought this was going to be a flash in the pan. It seems like it's not going anywhere. No, it's not going to go anywhere. It's here to stay. Uh, I think this TV deal is big. Um, if you really dig into the TV deal, what I find is very interesting that the parent company of CW also owns a 12.5% share of Paramount and uh, one of the other networks that uh, actually uh, puts PGA Tour events on. So I find that that's very interesting. Um, I also, that leads me to believe that there is down the road somewhere, maybe not in the next year, but maybe two years from now, there's going to be a marriage of these tours. PGA Tour can't exist with 20 or 30 of the best players in the world playing on another tour. It just doesn't work. PGA Tour is trying to advertise that they're the best tour in the world, but you've got 20, 20 of the best players in the world playing on another tour. They'll come together. So it, it sounds like having what you just said, that Live Golf has won this battle. Yeah, I mean, on, on the surface of it, they have. It'll be interesting to see what the legalities come out of it over the next period of time. I My personal belief is that most of those are going to disappear because they're going to come together. You already, if you listen to Rory McIlroy, who right from the start was like, get rid of this tour, get finish it and everything. He's now talking things, saying things like, you know, maybe we need to get guys to sit down together and talk about things. Right. So he has totally changed his position on it. And I think it makes sense. I mean, I did a little bit of work today. Uh, here, here's a question for you. How many, what they call full member, players are on the PJ tour right now without counting the guys that have left to go to, to live golf. There's 214 that are considered full members, but the tournaments that they play on the PJ tour, the largest field that they play with is 156. Hmm. So there's 60 players every week that don't have a place to play. And then if you go and look at the invitationals, like the Bay Hill invitational honor Palmer's tournament, that's a field of 120. So now there's a hundred guys that don't have a place to play that week. And they, they're screaming about live, live golf and what they're doing and everything. It, it, you know, all you have to do is you look at the PJ tour since last June, they've changed 19 of their policies 
they've raised their money. They're paying players up front now. And you know what? That was all brought on by Live Golf. Doigie, where where can our country maybe factor into the future of expanding the game, more tournaments, more opportunity for guys to play? I mean, the RBC, you know, it, it came back and did well last year. It, you know, I don't think that a lot of guys on the tournament, a lot of good players came up and played as they always do, but there are a lot of guys that don't consider it a marquee event. Where can our country potentially edge in and and push for more events up here to make Canada a more consistent, not necessarily marquee destination on the golf calendar, but where do you see the future in our country in the perspective of these new TV deals and a potential marriage of the major tours? Okay, so first of all, let's look at uh, at Live Golf. I mean, Live Golf could come to Canada and host an event or two in Canada, no problem. And I think they would get good galleries and all that because there's a lot of golfers in Canada. The PJ Tour has no interest in coming to Canada. Um, if we look Why? at the, I don't know exactly what it is. I mean, if I were RBC, I'd be pretty disappointed in the PJ Tour now because RBC. Yeah. Came, RBC came along and bailed out the heritage plot the, in, at, uh, in South Carolina. Uh, they have the Canadian Open. They elevated the purses on the Canadian Open to get it up there. They have all the players that wear RBC logo. And yet when the PGA Tour came out with their new schedule for 2023, it's not one of the elevated events. The joke. So if, I, if, if I'm RBC, I'm looking at that going, that's just a slap in the face. Like that's telling us you don't care about us. So one of the things I've always said about the Canadian Open is this. Years ago, in the, in the minds of the players, and I'm talking, you know, in the 50s and 60s and 70s, the Canadian Open was considered the fifth major. It was a national championship. Yep. Everybody came and played yep. in it, especially after Palmer won in the 50s at Western Golf Club. And if it had a good come, date, too. Yeah, and they always had good dates. And if you didn't come and play in the Canadian Open, you were that was a, a, mm-hmm. a mistake. Mm-hmm. And then we, Golf Canada, RCJ, whoever at the time, sold out to the PJ Tour and gave it to the PJ Tour to run as a PJ Tour event. And the minute that happened, then the, then it just became another tournament. It's not considered the Canadian Open, even though that's what its name is, because it's not an open championship. We only have a four-spot qualifier to get in it. Whereas the British Open, the Open Championship, only 70 players are exempt. The other 90 come from qualifiers. And same with the U.S. Open. Half the field are, are qualifiers that qualify to play in it. The Canadian Open, it's called an Open Championship, but they have four spots that they give away to a qualifier. So it's not really a true Open Championship. I would like to see, if you think about the four majors, the four majors are run by four different entities. The Open Championships run by the RNA. The Masters is run by Augusta National. The U.S. Open is run by the USGA. And the PGA Championship is run by the PGA of America. PJ Tour has nothing to do with any of it. I would like to see the Canadian Open raise its purse with, with RBC's help, but become an individual entity event. And if mm-hmm. the purse is big enough, the PJ Tour would say, you know what, we need that tournament on our schedule. Mm-hmm. And the players would, could come. That's what I would like to see happen with the Canadian Open. I don't think it ever will in my time, but that's I think that's where if we could start getting Canadian golf to go in that direction, that would be good. Doiggy, just off the top of your head, and you would know far better than I, 
what's a rough ballpark maybe in your opinion of golf courses in Canada that are capable of hosting that level of an event? Um, there's a dozen at least, if not more. I mean, just in, so I'm having a hard time, like understanding why they're not trying to do more up here. There are a lot of people that love golf up here. Like they're missing, they're missing an opportunity in my opinion. Well, they are. Now, one of the things that they've invested in is the PGA Tour Canada. And so they're trying to expand that and make have more tournaments and everything. But I struggle with that because I haven't looked at the schedule for this year. It hasn't come out yet. But in the previous few years, uh, the schedule has been eight to 10 tournaments. Okay. Um, for $150,000 to $200,000 purses. Well, I was playing for a hundred or $150,000 purses in, in Canada in 1988. And we're still playing for the same amount of purses. But then you start to look even deeper and you look at the fact that they have five or six qualifying tournaments for the PGA Tour Canada every year, where it's $3,000 US to enter, and they get fields of 140 in every one of them. So they're bringing in an enormous amount of money in entry fees, but they're even they're not even paying out the same amount that they're bringing in. And that doesn't include the entry fees that each individual plays, pays to play in the tournament, which is around $400. So it makes no sense to me that the PGA Tour isn't investing more money in, in larger purses on the PGA Tour Canada. Mm. You know, so I don't know why that disconnect is there. Yeah, it's very disappointing for sure. I, I, I wonder now looking forward at the upcoming major schedule, be that PGA or now live because they're going to have a lot more eyes on them. And I, I wonder too, you know, guys like Rory changing, you know, their stance a little bit. I mean, once guys like Cam Smith started floating over there, that was a pretty clear indication of, of the power and the pull that that live has as we look toward this year's schedule. Who's a golfer maybe on, on your radar that not a lot of people maybe necessarily know yet as a household name who you feel could really garner some star power this year? Well, I might surprise you a little bit because he's probably well-known in Canada now, but Taylor Pendrith. Wow. I, re- I really believe Taylor Pendrith is going to break out and do something crazy this year. Uh, I, I have a couple teams in pools, and he's on both of my teams that I've picked. That's what is it about his idea. game that you think is going to elevate him to that next kind of level? What What's special about him? He While well, he's always been a very strong driver of the golf ball, long, uh, fairly accurate, um, you know, he was hindered by injuries and stuff. You think about last year, he missed three and a half months and still played phenomenally and, and played his way into the top 100, right? And And that was after missing three or four months because of injury. So I just, uh, I think his upside is just too great. It, I, in my opinion, he's a, he's a no miss guy. He's going to make it big. I see him winning actually probably pretty quickly on the PGA. I love that. Yeah. I love that. We're chatting with our friend Ian Doig. He is our golf expert on this show of the Ian Doig golf Academy, longtime pro golfer, Clarky. Yeah. I, for our friend well, Doig let's, here? let's dig into Doigie. Yes. Oh, my good friend Dorgie uh, had a little scare there a month ago, and we're all very happy to see him up and around right now. But uh, Ian, you're you're turning into a $6 million man with all the uh, gadgetry you have in you. Um, just give us an update on, on what's been happening with you the last month or so, or go back even to the first time. 
Yeah. So about three and a half years ago, I had a very bad scare with uh, heart issues and uh, I ended up with a pacemaker and they put a pacemaker in. And then I had some difficulties after that where I was diagnosed. First of all, I had two pulmonary embolisms and came close to not being here because of that. And then uh, subsequently was diagnosed with a rare disease called sarcoidosis, um, which is attacking me, which, you know what, we're fighting, we're doing okay on that. But uh, this past summer, I, uh, I started losing my energy, losing my ability to breathe well, especially walking up hills. And by the end of the summer, I was really, really struggling. Uh, so through some advocating for myself, I was able to get in to see some specialists. And unfortunately, I've got uh, some severe deterioration in my left ventricle of my heart. And they had to take out the pacemaker and put in a defibrillator machine instead. So basically what they did is they ran three wires into my heart to help my heart pump. Um, two of the wires run at 100% of the time. So without this machine, my heart would not pump on, on its own. So that's uh, problematic. Um, and it also works as a defibrillator machine. So that if my heart, uh, one of the things that's being caused by all this is uh, I'm susceptible to instant death. So I could drop dead at any second. So this machine now will shock my heart and hopefully start it back up and I'll be okay. So yeah, it's been a little crazy. Uh, the surgery went really well. The surgeon was happy with it. The team was good. Uh, unfortunately, a uh, week after the surgery, I ran into complications with a large blood clot in my left arm and that wasn't much fun, but we've got through that now and we're on some blood thinners and we're good to go. Worked out today for the first time in a few months. So, uh, felt pretty good and doing some walking to nine K the other day. So yeah, feel good. That's awesome. And, uh, what is, what, uh, I mean, obviously your health is number one, but you're a golfer and, uh, there's a couple of ways I want to go here. First of all, what's your plan for this year, uh, on the golf course and taking part in some tournaments? Uh, I'm really going to cut back big time. Um, and I'll touch on part of the reason here in a second, but, uh, going forward, I'm going to play closer to home. I'm going to play Ontario PGA events and whatever Canadian PGA events that I can get into pretty easily. I'll play the Canadian seniors, Canadian PGA championship, Ontario PGA. Clark, I get to come up your up to your neighborhood and that's uh, right. I think it's in July for the Ontario PGA seniors is at Listowel. So I'm looking yep. forward to that. I haven't played Listowel since I was a kid. So that'll be a fun few days for me. Um, and I'll still try and qualify for the U S senior open. I mean, that's a big one, but because of my stance with some of the stuff that PJ tour and PJ tour champions has done over the last couple of years, where, I mean, the biggest one for me was I was an alternate at the finals at Q school a year ago, and they wouldn't let me play, even though they started with two twosomes. And then in the summertime, the Calgary event started five short of a full field. Mm -hmm. And that just tells me that PJ tour doesn't care about you unless you're a member of the tour and I'm not going to give them any more of my money. Mm. Simple as that. I'm not going to try and qualify anymore. And I don't blame you one bit. No, um, uh, what, yeah, what, absolutely. What, what is your thoughts on a golf cart? Uh, I mean, obviously you said you were having trouble walking even last summer. Maybe, maybe hopefully it's better now, but what's your thoughts? I mean, we had a, we had a situation a few years back. Can't remember the guy's name what, that wanted to golf uh, Casey because Martin. Casey Martin, right. Cause of a issue with his leg, if I'm not mistaken. So what's your thoughts on that? Uh, personally, I don't like it. Um, if I can't walk, if the, 
Now, look, at the senior events and the local events that I'm going to be playing in will allow me to cut cart for the most mm-hmm. part. So mm-hmm. um, if I if I want to, I can probably take cart most of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, if the tournament calls for walking only, like the U.S. Open Senior Open qualifying, I will walk and I will not ask for a cart. Mm-hmm. I believe that walking is an integral part of the game. Mm-hmm. And if my body doesn't allow me to walk and compete, I, ne- I don't need to be there. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. Wow. I like it. Hard stance. Well, didn't, didn't John Daly use a cart recently, but, but it, yeah. correct yeah, well, me if I'm wrong, Doigie, that wasn't, that wasn't a PGA event. That was like an invitational thing, wasn't it? Well, he did apply for a cart in some events and he did get uh, granted to, to, right. to use it, um, which uh, I'm not so yeah. sure it's the right thing to do. I mean, JD yeah. is a character. Uh, JD is out of shape. He's overweight. Yes, oh, he's smoker. Fighting, yeah, you know he's fighting cancer and all that stuff. But you know what, JD, look after yourself. You, right. Reason your knees are sore is you're carrying 260 pounds around. Pretty yeah. simple. Maybe, yeah. yeah. Maybe ease off the diet cokes for breakfast, JD. Like, far be it from me M&Ms. to tell anybody how to live. Yeah. <laughs> and, and maybe cut back on the M and M's for brunch. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know about that. Um. I'm very excited about the event in Listowel and just looking ahead in terms of booking for this show, producer Adam Clarkey, we have to be there with like the show absolutely has to be there and do something, whether, whether we're following Doig around with a GoPro all day, I don't know what it is. Clarkey, you can hold the camera. Of course. Um, we, we got to be there. I might be so caddying for him. That. I don't know. Well, that we, would we, be may, we may have to negotiate that, Clarky. Yeah, we would. Yeah. We would. Yeah. We would. Well, you're staying here at my house, right? So, yeah. Yeah. You know, and like we yeah, can figure no, something out. Definitely going to have a barbecue and a couple beers. Oh, yes. That's right. already yeah. on the menu. Don't worry about yeah, that. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah that's, well, yeah. We'll figure something out, Ryan. Fair. Yeah. That's standard fare. We will be there, we'll, whether it's a segment or we do a whole show on it. We got to be there. It'll be incredible. And and Doig, you are obviously very thankful and and very stoked that your health is is good right now. And I'm I'm humbled by your positivity in in the face of something like this. I, I, we're just uh, really well, really happy for you, man. You know what, Ryan? There's no other option, right? If you get negative about it, yeah. you get depressed about it, you end up sitting on a couch out there and don't do anything. Um, right. Yep. I'm gonna go yep. out and I'm gonna. The heart's a muscle. So I'm going to work the muscle as much as I can and make it come back and be stronger. One of the things that the doctors did say with the last surgery is that they're hopeful, not a guarantee, but they're hopeful that what they've done could at least stop or slow down the deterioration of the left ventricle and maybe even reverse it some. So I'm actually having an echocardiogram tomorrow morning, um, Mm -hmm. and we may know a little bit more on that. I had some, I had a cat scan the other night, so I, uh, they're on top of it and we're really watching it. So yeah, I feel good. I'm, I'm ready to go. I want to go for a run actually, but the way it's too icy out there. So yes, it is today for sure. Have you, uh, now this is a good test for the heart. Of course. Have you been watching the Leafs at all? (laughs) Yeah. Cause that gets you, that gets you going every once in a while. I've seen it happen. They've been playing well. They have. They have kind of, but, sort. but my, there's my a couple of guys you want to trade. My name, my neighbors call and tell me to quiet down. Cause they can hear me shouting across the street here. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. Exactly. I, you know what? I, I love my Leafs. I, I can't help myself. Uh, I get frustrated. I mean, personally, I would probably trade Marner. People think I'm nuts when I say that, but 
you know, what he's what got 55 points this year and he's a plus two. So that tells me he's on the ice for 53, three goals against, you know, I'd rather have a guy that's got 24 points, but he's a plus 20, you know? Um, I just think he just, he's always thinking offensively and he makes too many mistakes trying to be special. Hey, there's no argument for me about him and his Mr. Fancy Pants, I like to call him. And every game, it seems like he's trying a back. Like the other day, he's playing. They have five forwards out in the power play. He's playing the point. The puck gets by him. He dives, which he didn't have to do. And then instead of just putting the puck on the board safely, he tries to make that spectacular Fancy Pants pass across the ice to make it look like he recovered and did a great job. Yeah. Down the ice, they go and they get a goal. Like that's the kind of short, stuff I can't goal. stand. Shorthanded yeah, goal. Exactly. Yeah. I think maybe that was the one I was my my main the neighbors called to tell me to shut up because they could hear me <laughs> that one. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I and you well, don't have close neighbors. No, they're a long way away. So I'm screaming <laughs> they are. pretty loud. It, it exactly. echoes out there in rural Ontario. There's an echo for sure. Yeah, yeah um, that's what it is. Yeah, I don't know. I, you know, I'm obviously looking at them from afar and kind of a little concerned with the down, the severe downtick in, in goaltending quality. And Matt Murray had, a, you know, a tough, his first, I would say, really tough night. Um, the start yep. of the season, the whole team yep. was a little messy, but he had a tough night the other night. Four goals on 10 shots, not great. Um, yeah. But they but managed they to come back and win that game. That yet, yeah, hey, they won that game. And Willie Styles, what's your opinion on him? Because Nylander was the punching bag for a good number of years. And now he's having a real, he's having a career year. He's having a better year than Austin Matthews is. And what, what are your thoughts there? Doigie, are they going to be able to keep this guy? Cause the cap's not going anywhere. That's, that's the tough part. Um, if you had asked me three years ago, I would have traded Nylander in a heartbeat. And now there's everyone no would have. Yeah. And now there's yeah, no chance. Uh, yep. I'd let him go. He, he that's right turning into that he's the guy I'm talking about where you know what he's getting lots of points but he's also plus 25 right now last time I looked right so that's the player I want on my team and he's and he's scoring timely goals he's working harder I like what I see I think he's just going to grow into get better and better and better one of the problems with trading Marner which is something that I've said is that would worry me from the perspective that if they trade Marner I don't think Matthews would sign back in Toronto so to me, that would be there's there. That's that's a they're not trading sentiment. Marner. I just don't see. Well, it. well, I don't see it. He's, he has kind of become the the Robin to his Batman, if you will, the Backstrom to his Ovechkin. Yeah, he's his guy, you know, like yep. it. I and and what I'll say and I say it to everybody. They were talking about doing that down in uh, the District of Columbia for a long time, too. And they didn't. And they won. So. Yep. I, I don't know. Those star players, because Marner is a star in terms of generating points and generating offense, which you do need to do to win games. You can be a great defensive team and lose 2-1 every night. You have to score. And he is a very good point producer. He he gets his cookies. Oh, there's no doubt about that. Absolutely. You know. So. Yeah. So, uh, you know, they are hard to replace. You can find third pair defensemen that'll rough guys up. Yeah. yeah, it's hard to find the it's hard to find and, the flashy guys, it, and it, it would be very hard. hard to win a trade when you trade Mitch Marner, and that's the yeah problem, you're right you're like if you get Bull Horvat, 
Um, you know, like, so that, now you're talking about them, a pretty, though. yeah, you'd have to, you'd have to be able to re-sign them. You would have to have a deal. You're talking place. about being in a similar position, right? Cause say, say it is a Bo Horvat thing. You save some money now in the mm-hmm. immediate term, but mm-hmm. you got to re-sign that guy and he's having a career year and he's going to want mm-hmm. eight and a half or nine. Right. So, I mean, oh, markedly I mean, well, in terms of 11. cost, what, what's the difference, right? Mm-hmm. Marner's making 10, six something. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're, so you're saving what? They're not million dollars. I don't think so either. I do want your opinion though, of both you guys on this, you know, let me finish off on Nylander before oh, you go yeah, any please. Further. Here's the difference with Nylander please. in my mind. Yep. In years past, Willie Nylander comes down the boards, tries to beat a guy one-on-one nine times out of 10, Stops on the boards, spins around, and looks for a pass. Now he's putting his head down, his shoulder down, and driving to the net. That's the biggest difference, and it's paying off for him big time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, his OT winner against Florida. Like he he put his head down, made the power move to the net. We need more of that out out of Willie. I saw this the other day because again, it it comes up with all these rumors are flying around around Horvat around Chikrin, around O'Reilly, all these guys that are making good money right now. And how's an NHL team going to figure this out and, and acquire one of these guys? The hard cap, it's, I hate it. Eric Macromella tweeted this, and I know Carlo Koliakovo was going off about it. We got to have Carlo back on soon. 12 NHL teams have no cap space. 17 have players stashed on long-term injured reserve 27 teams have less than 3 million in cap space, which is a majority of the league. Many teams want to make trades, but can't because of the cap player movement is great for the game and generates interest. It's time for a more flexible approach to the cap. What say both of you, Doigie, what's your thought on that? I absolutely. I think that we need to do something, either raise the cap space uh, quite a bit, or maybe bring in a clause that uh, every year you can buy out two guys, just completely buy them out, ship them off, retire them, whatever you want to do to open up cap space. Uh, basically, that's what they're doing when they throw them on long-term inj- injured reserve, right? That's all they're doing. Like Muzzin, it, his cap space doesn't count right now until he comes back. Well, he won't come back until the playoffs. And then it doesn't if count that. at all, right? If that, if he ever comes back, right? So, yeah, I agree. They got to figure out a way to either raise the, the cap or allow the teams to somehow circumvent some of the caps cap space. I don't know how you do that, but I I just feel and and I don't think they're going to do it because the owners have after the 2004 lockout, they've seized too much power. They've got this CBA where they're not going to walk back the the spending and Gary this is Gary's world and he works for the owners and I would like to see a luxury tax system where you can spend within maybe a 15 million dollar threshold and you can only do it for a certain period of time we'll even work with you Gare Gare we'll work with you like let's find a compromise maybe you can only spend in that luxury tax maybe you can only go into the luxury tax for three years say you can spend into the luxury tax and then you got to come back down to regular cap. Even something like that would be amazing for a team like the Leafs who are in go for it mode with their young core three years where say the Leafs could spend 95, 98 million say that would be 
of a benefit. Like you, I, I just thought of that off the top of my head. I got ideas, Gary. Like, give you, me a ring. But you got to also think that even the, the lesser lights right now want to spark some trades and they just can't happen. All yeah. the team's hands are tied because of the salary cap. And there's got to be something that gives because it's a boring league right now when it comes off off the ice. And so many it fans is. like that. They like it's it. An extreme, they want to see trades. Extreme, yep. We we do. We do want to see trades. It's it's boring. I I remember back, it didn't work out great, but I remember as a little kid being 11 or 12 and the caps got Yager. And I was over the moon because he was my favorite player when I was a little kid, funnily enough, playing for Pittsburgh. I loved Yager. I was so excited running around my parents' basement pretending I was Yager that day shooting on our mini stick net. I was over the moon. I couldn't believe Yager was the capital. Didn't right. work out great, but it, it, what a day. Like, yeah. it was so yeah. good. And, Doggy, you and I both would love to see a guy from your area, Ryan O'Reilly, come to the Maple Leafs. That's what I'm saying. I would love to have him come and play. And, and yeah, if we could do something with that cap space. But I think as much as with the cap space, we need to seriously, the NHL seriously needs to look at how they do their playoff format. Because, once again, yep. this year, yep. Potentially two of the best teams in the NHL are going to be out in the first round between Boston, Tampa, and Toronto, right? One of them will definitely yeah. be out. And if the other top team happens to get upset, now all of a sudden after the first round, you've got two of your two of the best teams in the league out of the playoffs. Yeah. Let's get back to a, a one eight, two seven format instead of this yeah. thing that I they agree. got going now. I I sounds so simple. Too. No, yeah. yeah, it does. It does sound simple. Come on, Gary. Like, and I, and I always struggle with this argument. And I was listening to Darren Drager on Overdrive the other day, talking with the guys about it, where he goes, and I understand this, where he goes, well, you know, Gary, his position is that he is defending and protecting GMs and owners from themselves, you know, kind of referencing the Minnesota contracts, the big 11 year suitor and prezi deal. But I don't care as a fan, mm -hmm. everything keeps getting more expensive. It's more expensive than it's ever been to be a fan of the game, let alone go to a game, particularly yeah. for you guys as Leaf fans. I don't give a damn that the multi-billion dollar owner of my franchise three years down the road feels <laughs> upset that he spent too much money on some guy. I don't give a rat's ass about that. You have billions of dollars. Like I, it cost me an arm and a leg just to come to the game. And you're like, and I'm supposed to feel bad. I'm supposed to feel sad for the billionaire that wasted 30 million on a guy and he didn't get a hundred points. What the hell? I, I don't care. I'm a fan. Like figure I, this I, out I, for me. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I have to laugh because uh, Florida the other night, they announced that you could go get tickets to the game for $32 a ticket. Now, I don't know where they were in the arena or anything like that. $32. It cost me more than that to park my car. If I go to a Leaf game, right? It's 50 so, bucks. Yeah, it's 50 bucks to park your car. So now, you know, you take four people to a Florida Panthers game and it's going to cost you $125, give or take, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You go take four people to a Maple Leaf game, 
the cheapest tickets, you're looking at $400 when it's all said and done. Where does that make any sense? It doesn't. Right? And the other thing, going back to the cap space and all that, when's the next time we're going to see an eight or a nine player trade? Yeah. Uh, Cliff Fletcher. Not going to happen. No, can't. it can't. Can't happen. It can't <laughs> under this structure. It no. just can't happen. It's ridiculous. I I don't like it. Um, say what you will about the way baseball runs things. Uh, At least it's a bit more player friendly in terms of the movement. There's got to be a happy medium. Yeah, got to be right, a medium sure. here. Dorgie, how's you know, the- that, you know that there's going to be some movement in the live tour this year. Oh, I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure there will. Well, no, they're now they're now they they're now going to have uh, instead of 48 players, there's 60 players. Hmm. And each of the teams has the ability to bring another player in. So somebody's injured or whatever, they can bring another player in to play on their team and that for the team events and stuff. So that's interesting. Going back to the golf side of things, I think that Mm -hmm. those are the types of things that are going to start to happen. And and the PGA Tour is going to start to see how successful Liv is, you know, and and we're going to see it might take three years, but we're going to see a marriage. Look at Again, they've already said the majors are going to allow all the live players to play. If you're qualified to play, you're going to get to play in the right. matches yep. and the open and all that stuff. So, yeah. you yeah. know, and 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 going back to that, like how the masters would not be the masters if uh, Patrick Reed, Dustin Johnson, and Cam Smith don't play in it. They're past champions. Right. They got to yeah. be able to be there, right? Right. Yeah. So if all of a sudden, just because they're on the live tour, they're not being allowed to play, it doesn't make any sense to me. You're diluting your your product right so yeah for sure yeah, hey uh agree. how how's the bird feeding going to be been outside uh not much you know i was taking it pretty easy but i was out there today they're coming along I'll, I'll, okay I'll, good yeah 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 you know, we're trading just like, just like you clarky i'll have you i have you eaten out of the palm of my hand that's good that's good that's good yeah. Yeah. One other golf thing I wanted to touch on, yeah. and I was really, really concerned about it. Uh, Brooke, Brooke Henderson, longtime ping player. She's been with ping her whole career. Yep. Yeah. She just moved over to TaylorMade. Mm-hmm. Uh, she moved over to the ball a couple of years ago, and she obviously liked the ball and won with it and everything. And I, she's gone everything TaylorMade, woods, irons, wedges, putter, everything. And I was very concerned with that. I mean, I'm a ping person sponsored by ping. Um, but ping. I, just thought, I just looked. Five under 67 today in the opening round. She's got a one-shot lead. So uh, a lot of times when you make a change to equipment and a different manufacturer, the ball comes off differently. you got to relearn your distances and stuff like that. But clearly she's put in the work and she's ready to go. So I think that's another good year. Now, just by mentioning a sponsor on the show, you know that's going to cost you a driver. So <laughs> we'll see you in the summer. No. With no. a nice shiny lefty for me. No, you no. I can get you a driver, but you're gonna have to swing right handed. <laughs> Maybe I should. Maybe I should. Yeah, anyway. well, we should well let's work on fixing your, your whiskey mitts. I'm going 18. next week to Punta Cana, boys. I'm gonna be golfing every day. So I have a goal in mind where I want to shoot. So we'll see what happens. Fix the whiskey mitts, brother. Well, then we'll talk about a, a driver for you. Okay. <laughs> Doigie, we always love having you on the show, man. I, I'm so glad that you're healthy and up and at them. It, it's great to see my friend. We're thinking about you. And uh, it was great to have you on, man. We'll, we'll have you on right, right as golf season starts kicking off. We got to get you back. Absolutely. You'll have to call me. I'm going to be in Florida for the month of April. So uh, head no down problem. there to work on my game and everything. And, you know, I'll make sure the pool's in the background again, just like last time and everything. 
And uh, you know, maybe we should do a show there, Ryan. Yeah, you can always fly down and do the show there. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And we'll have to do another one. We'll have to do another one at the simulator in the spring as well. So absolutely, we got to go back there. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. In Florida, yeah, open invitation. Yeah, I don't know. Let's consider it, Doggy. We we always appreciate (laughs) it, my friend. Thanks for doing this. Thanks for having me on, guys. I always enjoy it, and I look forward to being back. Appreciate Good it. stuff, my friend. All right. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we will talk, as I mentioned earlier, with our friend Alan at the Listwell Squash Courts, one of our great sponsors. And there's plenty of other great news and tidbits around the sports world. Maybe we'll even talk a little more about the Leafs for Clarkie's sake. We'll see next here on Instigating. <laughs> Welcome back to Instigating with Clark, Ian Drury. Ryan Drury still here with Chris Clark. Thanks to our buddy Ian Doig of the Ian Doig Golf Academy, longtime pro golfer, for joining us on the last segment. We're now very pleased to be joined by one of our great friends, one of our great sponsors of this great show, Al MacArthur of the Listowel Squash Courts. Al, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys? We're doing well. Now, before we jumped on, Clarky was regaling us with another one of his squash glory tales, you know, quickly break down this for us. Clarky. I know you like to share about your exploits. Well, no, no. Man. Hey, I'm very, I, I will admit when I lose as well, but last night I came sure. up on the winning end of a great, right, Yeah. Just the conversations match. when you lose gr- aren't as long. <laughs> Uh, I feel, I so feel no, like Nicole and I got in a really good battle last night and she's beat me the last three times out. I beat her in our tournament. Then she's beat me the last three times. We're like five. She's fifth in the, in the, uh, in the ladder. I was 10th yes. because I just, I've been bypassing nine, eight, seven, and six and keep playing her. Um, and she keeps beating me, beating me, beating me last night. It, you know what? Off to a terrible start. I lost the first game 11-1. Mm-hmm. Um, won the next two and then it went to overtime the, the, uh, or extra points, whatever you call it, 14, 12 in game four. So we're, you play three out of five. So we're at two, two fifth yep. game. I finally beat her. So now I'm in fifth, Ryan. Fifth. Congratulations. Fifth. Fifth. fifth best yeah, east. yeah. Now we did have there. to make a few, we had to pause a few times because I really thought we were going to have to press the panic button because <laughs> my heart was racing. Um, but, um, so Nicole was probably thinking, oh man, we got to take another break. But I was taking like 10, 15 second breaks. Like it was, it was intense. We had some really good rallies. It was a fun night. We had uh, all the guys were out as well. Jim Chapman and Mike Benjamins, Alec uh, Critchlow, Alex Parkhouse, Ross was there. Steve Sabarin was there. Savvy came. So it was a great night. And you know what? We just played squash for a couple hours and sat around and uh, watched TV. Al's got a nice new TV. It's a big screen in the uh, upstairs of the squash court. Anyway, we're we're stealing Al's time here. This is about Al, not my winnings. No, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Well, you could have you could have gone shorter, but uh, Al. No, but I won. <laughs> Clarky, Chris, long winded Clark for you, ladies and gentlemen. Al, you have a very exciting event coming up this weekend that you'd like to tell us all about. What's going on at the Listowel Squash Courts? Yeah, so we have a kind of a collaboration event going on Saturday from 10 till 4 um, with Between the Lines. We're neighbors, so we kind of, uh, we, we can, we're right beside each other. It's, it's ridiculous how close we are. Um, so we do a lot of things together, and this opportunity came to us from um, a local lady uh, that actually she owns Diana Suites downtown. So um, she, her sister actually is, 
is fighting stage four breast cancer and uh, just uh, just an awesome soul. Like she's just a, a lovely story of a lady that uh, does everything for everybody else and is is very unselfish. So she came to us and just wanting to know if we could do something for her, some kind of event um, to both raise funds and awareness. Uh, so yeah, we, um, Bryce over at Between the Lines um, and myself, we jumped right on board. Uh, kind of created this event with uh, with Tammy. Um, she was there kind of the the head of it and uh, lining everything up. So she's got some terrific sponsors. Um, we have some great things going on. We're gonna have gymnastics set up in the one squash court. So um, for some people that don't know, we do have youth gymnastics that runs out of uh, Listable Squash Courts too on the weekends. Um, one court's always open for squashers, but, uh, we do, we do give one up for the youth for, to run a gymnastics program. Um, so that'll be set up. It'll be kind of an open house. You can come and check it out, um, and just kind of see what it's about. There'll be coaches there to answer questions. And then we're going to have a bunch of members playing squash on the other court. Um, so they'll hop off as soon as you, uh, come in. And if you want to hop on the court, they'll, uh, they'll jump off and let you play or they'll. They'll even play with you. They'll kind of teach you the game or I can hop on the court with you and kind of teach you what's what it's all about and and give you a breakdown of the facility, too. Um, so between the lines is going to have a bunch of stuff. They're going to have uh, bubble soccer and uh, badminton, pickleball. They'll have all their stuff set up, uh, batting cages, kind of a, kind of a family fun day to just try and and do some things uh, to create funds for for a struggling local uh, female. Yeah. That's going to be awesome, man. That's going to be Saturday, the 21st of January. When does everything start over at the courts? When can everybody start showing up? 10 a.m. Yep. 10 till 10 a.m. Yep. And do you have to register or just show up? Just show up. It's just going to be kind of come and go. There's going to be food trucks out front. Um, a lot of kind of just just different things. Just try and bring people in. There's a silent auction table, which has awesome uh, prizes. So come by and check that out. Um, and then, yeah, it's just kind of, uh, checking out the facilities too. If you haven't, it's a great opportunity. Mm-hmm. Well, let me, let me ask you this. Obviously this is a tremendous cause obviously. And if, if you've got nothing going on Saturday, the 21st, 10 to four, like Al just said, head over to between the lines and the list squash courts, our great friends. It's going to be an awesome day. I mean, f- you had me at food trucks and then all this <laughs> other great stuff. I have to ask you though, seriously, I, I really want to know this. Because I, when you put something like a silent auction together, it, it's it's hard sometimes to cultivate items of worth. You know what I mean? So, something that someone's going to be really interested in. Was it hard for you to convince Hall of Fame squash player Chris Clark to put one of his famed rackets up for the silent auction? And what will the final bid be on Clarky's it's, it's, racket? It's autographed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's the big question. Is it? Autographed? It better be autographed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that goes, that, who knows? Sky's the limit, right? Like these, some of these yeah. people in town, I mean, they got money to burn and, and they just want something of his on their wall. And yeah, like, like we all do, right? Yeah. I'll get rid of mine here that you graciously gifted to me. And all oh, I didn't even notice that. Nice. It's, yeah, it's been there for a while. It, yes. Look at that yep. thing. A nice Diodora. Beautiful racket. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful Diodora. I don't know what yours is. The signed one, Clarky, but you know, what, what should we open the bidding at? Like we talking 50, 60 bucks open bid, and then we'll Come see on. where we land. Start a little higher. Yeah, that was, that was a zero or two less than I was thinking. Yeah. But, well, we can see, we can see. <laughs> we can. Yeah, well, I'm willing to give something if, if you're looking. 
and I'll we'll sign fe- it. We'll feel it out. Yeah, maybe Ryan will buy I, it. I I think about it. I got stuff laying around. You never know. <laughs> Al, I love it. Just tell us a little bit about, you know, obviously we, we love the little squash courts. You're, you're a great friend over there for anybody who's maybe seeing this or or hearing about you for the first time right now, where can people go to sign up? So to sign, you have to to come in and check out the courts. You really just have to hop on the website, listwellsquashcourts.ca. You can email me directly, Alan, A-L-A-N, at listwellsquashcourts.ca. Uh, give the phone, uh, just give me a call, 41, uh, sorry, 519-418-4444. Um, just book an appointment if you've never been. Super easy to become a member. Uh, and members get 24-7 access, online booking features. Um, it's really just a one-stop shop. I do racket restringing. Uh, I have a pro shop there, so anything you really need or could want for squash, um, if you're serious about it, you can purchase if you're not serious about it and want to try it out, everything's there free to use um, that you need. You just need to bring running shoes. That's it. Um, a couple of things, too, I want to mention. First of all, we have a one-cat limit on the show, Al, and Gilmore is usually here. She's <laughs> not today, so your cat's allowed over your left shoulder there, so we'll allow allow your cat today. Um, but secondly, it, the fun thing about, Ryan, about being a member is we do some outings sometimes, and last week uh, we actually had the chance to go to Fergus, and we it was like a Fergus versus Listowel um, little fun challenge at the Fergus courts. Um, mm. So that was a real neat thing. We got a we had a eleven passenger van that took us, um, and it was it was just a nice evening. And we're gonna probably uh, I, I'm not I want to speak for Al, but I think we're gonna try to do something for the Fergus Club and have them you know come down to our our club. But it was just a neat night to hang out with your squash buddies and have a couple of pops and play some squash and and meet some new people. So. We're doing stuff like that. So it's just a great opportunity to uh, get involved. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That that club is amazing. They are mm-hmm. uh, well-established. They have some great members. And it was a fun night, like you said. We're hoping to do that by by monthly, actually, and have them down next time and kind of go back and forth. And just yeah. it's a nice way to see different people and different ways of play. Yeah. And they have a doubles court there, which is wild. It's a wild, it's, it's just a wild game. It's, it, I mean, it's, it is squash at the end of the day, but it's very different than single squash. Four people on the court. They only allow uh, experienced players to do it. Um, and uh, yeah, so yeah, I was talking to Leah, who runs the squ- squash courts up there in Fergus. She's a former Ontario champion. Is that right, Al? I, I, to be honest, I'm not sure. I know yeah. she's a oh. She's um, some sort of former champion of some, something. Amazing. But, um, so she, you know, hey, we should bring the show up there. I think uh, Whiteman uh, is is uh, going strong there in Fergus, so they may want a, a show up there. So we should get a producer Adam to uh, fix us up, and maybe we do a show up there because it would be fun. It's, it is a lot of fun, and the, the doubles thing is something to watch. I tell you, it is amazing. It's pretty cool. I would not play up front. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's where Clarky plays. He's the professional here, so we we put Clarky up front. Yeah, and he autographs and there, rackets for the there, kids after, right? There's so. a few people I wouldn't want to play with either. Yes, uh-huh. because you could get hurt pretty easily. And yeah. and 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 once and I uh, sorry for Nicole. I I might have hit her last night with the ball. Ooh, you gotta take uh, that. He was in my way. Anyway, uh huh. It's all good. It was uh-huh. the fifth game too. <laughs> All in the name of competitiveness. Good for you, Clarky. It always comes around to that, doesn't it? 
We're excited about this. Good luck with the event on Saturday. Uh, this show always debuts first on Friday. So if you're watching this right now, you're listening to this Friday afternoon, you got nothing going on, make some plans. Head over to the Listle Squash Courts 10 to 4 on the 21st. And uh, it's all for a great cause. And you can go check out Between the Lines as well. They got all co- kinds of stuff over there. Batting cages, soccer, the whole deal. Play some squash. You'll wear yourself out. It'll be awesome. Uh, Al, thanks so much for doing this, my friend. Thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. We appreciate you, my friend. All right, we'll take one last quick break and we'll wrap things up here on Instigating. Back to wrap things up here on Instigating with Clarky and Drury. Ryan Drury, Chris Clark. Thanks again to our friends Ian Doig of the Ian Doig Golf Academy, longtime pro golfer, and of course, Al MacArthur over at the Listwell Squash Courts. Remember, Saturday, the 21st of January, 10 to 4, head over there at the list of squash courts in between the lines. It's going to be a great you day. You may even see Ryan cause. Drury. May even see Ryan Drury. I think I'll be over there. I'll t- I got nothing going on. I'll go over there. there. I have to work or corner. I would. I have yeah, to be at Larry well, Hudson's. Yeah. There you go. You do have to be at Larry Hudson's. And speaking yes. of Larry Hudson's, our great yes. new friends over there at Larry Hudson's Chevrolet Buick GMC. Clarky, there's always exciting stuff going on over there. What do you have for us? Well, I, I talked last week about our Colorado and Canyon sale, which is still on, but now we're clearing out the 2022 new trucks. So Silverados and Sierras, half-ton trucks, uh, interest rate at 1.49. But even better than that, we're offering a free four-year GM maintenance plan or a five-year 100000 kilometer extended warranty so great opportunity to hop on there's no difference between the 2022s or the 2023s except for the number uh of the year uh the trucks are identical and uh i've been looking myself ryan i might you know there's they have they have nice trucks over there and they do i'm, Didn't I'm you sort just of get a new truck no i got a terrain i got a new terrain which yeah, i like okay. but i missed yeah. my truck and yeah. I've been looking at the elevation. I love the uh, sh- uh, the GMC elevation, Sierra. And uh, we'll see. We'll see if I uh, Can decide I ask you to, to bite and, and take advantage I'm, of this. Well, hey, you can offer. sell to if, yourself, if, right? If you, you have, I, I can. And if you have a sales rep, please contact them at the dealership, 1-800-350-3325. If you don't, you're looking for someone, I'd be happy to help you. Give me a call at the dealership or come on in and ask for Clarky. Clarky is the guy. Hudson's has it. Remember that there at 1000 Wallace Avenue here in beautiful Lissle, Ontario. I need to ask you really quick, though. Yeah, I need to ask you something, too. The 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 elevation when you get in and start it up, does it play elevation by you, too, when you start it up? Like, does Bono come on when you hit? <laughs> no, the ign- no, <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. Are we going to get copyright claim for that? Elevation. Yeah, yeah. Don't, that don't, is- don't. I have ideas. Oh, so can I have ideas. GMC. I have ideas. How it sick does. would it be if you opened the L? Ele- it's called the that might elevation. cost them something. That might cost them a little bit of. It dough. probably would. Would you give Bono a truck? Like, come on, there you, you know, go. it's Bono. <laughs> yeah, I have a question I, I for you. Cool. Okay, I have a question yeah. for you. And you know, I'm not the biggest NFL fan, but mm. I have never seen worse time management at end of games than I did this past weekend when I was flipping around and watching the end of some games. Don't even it get was started. unbelievable. Like Miami. Like, Miami. like how does oh. Miami fourth or third? What was it? Third and fourth one and fourth? one. Fourth and Your one. Season on the line. Fourth and one. Their season on the line. And they get a time count violation. Like it's like unbelievable that that happened. And then th- that's it. They you know they delay a game to 
It was it's a crazy. delayed game after yeah. a review to see if they got the first down. So yeah. like they had extra time they to had sit so there, much but time. Mikey it's McDaniels was busy huffing on his vape. He oh was busy, he was busy huffing on his vape. It was I'm, terrible. And yeah. the Dallas Cowboys, they won despite their uh, kicker. Boy, did he put on a non-display. Yeah, buddy, he buddy. missed four out of five Mark. extra points. That's unbelievable. He's, it's the first time in NFL history. Well, it's I never happened before. I would imagine. Playoff game. It's I, I'm surprised crazy. they let him kick one. I was watching, you know, how ESPN two um, during the games will have the, the Manning brothers, Peyton and uh, it's Eli. the best. Yeah, right. So yeah. I was watching that. Um, and when they got their third touchdown late in the second half, uh, Peyton was like, please don't go for the extra point. Please go for two. Please go for two. And then Eli's like, it brought the kicker out. And he and Peyton's like throws his arms up. And then he missed it. And he just walked off the set. He goes, I cannot believe that just happened. It, it was went very viral. entertaining. Not only the game was entertaining, but uh, those guys were pretty entertaining as well. It certainly was. Before we wrap up, I just want to offer, again, uh, it's a divisive thing. I don't know why, but... Um, this is our show. This is our show. And if you're still watching, I assume you you watch because you want to hear what we think. And the big story in the NHL, unfortunately, was the Ivan Provorov situation the other night. He didn't want to wear the pride jersey on pride night that the Flyers hosted. And he, you know, as everyone I'm sure knows by now, he cited his religious beliefs. I just disagree with this. And yes, it's a hard thing to 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 navigate societally because you can have religious beliefs. For me personally, and I'm just speaking on my behalf here, I just don't like when people cite religious beliefs that and use them to infringe upon the lives or rights of others to live their life and love who they love. I, I just, it's never sat well with me. I don't love it. And also the fact that the religious beliefs he's citing, he doesn't practice a lot of the things that are in that religion but he's happy to point this thing out. And I just think it was a big miss by the Flyers, by him. And the league has a mess on their hands again now. And I just really, um, I it was another moment where I watched and thought, I don't know why anybody from the LGBTQ community would want to be a fan of this game. I, I just don't. And um, I want them to be. And I want to do my part. And we all, I think most of us want to do our part to make everybody feel safe and just be a fan. I can see why people wouldn't want to be after a night like that. And uh, I, I want to just say as well, in closing, I, I lost a lot of respect for John Tortorella the other night. I really did. Um, that's it. That's all I have to say. Cause I could rant about this for an hour and I'm not going to. Um, well, they could have made, just, they could have fixed it. They could have just said you're no longer a Philadelphia Flyer. Like it's not that he's a great hockey player. Yeah, I, again, I, I, I don't know. I, I just can't go further on it because I'm upset. Yeah, I just don't like it. I disagreed with it. I really did. Yeah. And uh, there's just a long way to go. Yeah. And and that's sure. uh, it's 2023, and that's unfortunate that we're still no. saying that. And anyway, and, and there's not an easy segue out of that, but you said there's a long way to go. I'm going a long way away and I'm going to talk to you next week from sunny Punta Cana and I will be enjoying every second of it.
Congratulations. Work on those whiskey mitts, my friend. Work on the whiskey <laughs> mitts. There you go. All right. All right. Thank you so much for watching the show. Remember, you can watch the show Friday nights at 8, Sunday nights at 9 with our friends on Whiteman TV, brought to you by our friends at Larry Hudson's. You can watch this Friday nights at 8. That's channel 6 for Whiteman subscribers. We debut on our YouTube channel Friday nights at 9. Follow us on social media at Instigating Pod. Remember, uh, Sunday nights we are at 9 as well on Whiteman, and you can find us on our YouTube channel. Thanks to our great sponsors at Cool Bet Canada, our friends at the Lissville Squash Courts, and our friends over at at Larry Hudson's Chevy Buick GMC. Hudson's has it. That's it from us this week. Next week, Clarkie, Beachside, Whiskey Mitts. We'll see you then.